Amen, amen. And, you're, and who do you have with you? Sister Marilyn. Amen, amen. Well, praise God, Sister Marilyn, Sister Francis. We praise God for you taking time out to worship with us today. Amen. God bless you, and we pray that you will leave here better. Amen than you did before you when you came in god bless you amen just a couple of weeks ago we had a very special day where we were able to run some water in the pool amen, amen. amen. ain't that that's a good thing amen amen, amen. amen. well we were able to baptize um sister kathy amen, amen. Uh, sister amen. kathy west we praise god for you amen i do have a certificate for you amen, amen. So we'll Amen. get this to you at the end of the service. Also, we're asking at the end of the service that you can walk with us as we walk out. And we want to extend you the right hand of fellowship. Amen. So you stand right back there with my wife and I. And we're going to shake hands and love and just have a good time. Amen. So we praise God for you, Sister Kathy. Um, also, on this coming Wednesday, we want to remind you that we'll have our Central States Conference um, service. This is the end of the year service where we will not be having our service. Um, via the phone line, but we will be logging in on the Central States Conference YouTube channel where we'll be able to view the service there and um, yours truly will be the speaker of that hour. So we encourage you to tell a family, tell a friend, um, let them know that we'll be worshiping on Wednesday at, uh, on our Central States Conference page. Also, we want you to mark your calendars, amen, amen. for December the 17th. Somebody say December 17th. December 17th, we're going to have a Holy Ghost shouting, praising the Lord, representing our Jesus Christ service on December. Did I say it out? Did I get it all in there? Amen. Sabbath school, um, 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 the music department, stewardship have come together to put on this amazing um, Sabbath school. Did I say Sabbath school? All three of them. Amen. To put on this amazing concert, and you are welcome. And guess what, everybody? It's free. I mean, I mean, we do like free, right? But we do ask you to bring a love offering, a gift, amen. We just want to bless somebody because we know that we're living in some very challenging times. So remember, December 17th, we'll have our concert right here, amen, um, in, the, in the sanctuary. So we want you to be a part of that. And lastly, um, December the 31st, December 31st, we'll be having our end of the year service um, New Year, this New Year's Eve, so that's on Sabbath, amen. And so what we want to do is have our communion service on that Sabbath, and also we're going to um, couple that with our end of the year New Year service where we have our service on New Year's Eve. And so we want to get you in and get you out so you can go home and don't have to worry about all of those firecrackers. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to call them firecrackers <laughs> that will be taking place. Amen. So we want to encourage you to come back. Um, let your friends know. Come here. Amen. Because we're going to have us an amazing time. And this communion service is going to be like none other. So we encourage you to be a part of this special day. Again, that's December the 31st. Um, we want to have our um, special service on that day. I want to make sure I'm not leaving out anything, anything out that you can't remember. Amen. I believe I have it all. Well, we praise God for you at this time. You can just bow your heads with me as I offer up a word of prayer. Father God, again, we're so thankful. We're so privileged, so honored to be able to come before you on this beautiful Sabbath day. You are truly, truly an amazing God. Without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, 
we're more than conquerors. And so we give you all praise, honor, and glory for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you and have a happy Sabbath. Two visit, amen. Amen. We have two visitors that just come in. You mind waving your hand, amen? We see you over there. Want to recognize you over there, amen? Praise God for you, amen? I have my other eyes in my pocket, but I do see you, amen? I do see you. God bless you and happy Sabbath.
with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Somebody. Amen. Let me gather my thoughts here. Remember what I'm supposed to be doing at this time. I'm so excited as we gather our thoughts. Amen. <laughs> prayer time. <laughs> it's prayer time. This is a time where we um, lay our petitions before the Lord. Um, the time where we are able to place our cares before the feet of Jesus. We have many of testimonies in the house that can testify that prayer works. Yeah. Oh, yes. um, prayer does work. Yes. Uh, whenever you find yourself in dire times and it seems as if the walls are closing in, I don't care how tight the walls are or how small the box may be, there's always room for prayer. Prayer can fit into any shape form. It doesn't matter how high, how low. It doesn't matter if you're friendless. If you have a multitude of friends, it doesn't matter. Prayer. You can always pray. And you don't have to do an elaborate prayer. You can just simply call on his name. Because sometimes we find ourselves in situations where all we can do is say Jesus. Jesus. I can't even formulate the words to say. Lord, I'm hurting so bad. All I can just say is, Jesus. Jesus. And believe it or not, family of God, he knows how to interpret that. He knows how to, how to move on that. And so as our custom here at the top, we encourage you, if you want to come close to the altar, we do encourage you to come and stand around the altar as we lay our petitions before the Lord. And for those of you who choose to remain in your seats, we ask that you can reverently bow your heads or even kneel 
as we approach God's throne. It's prayer time. Father and our God, our Savior and our King, ruler, master of everything. We come today with bowed heads and humble hearts, just want to say thank you. Thank you for our last night lying down and our early morning rising. Thank you, Father, that we were able to celebrate yet another day of Thanksgiving. We were able to fellowship with family and friends and partake of meals and and some of us were even able were e- even able to get out and go and be of a servant in the community. And we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, God. So as we gather here, as always, Father, we ask that you will forgive us of our sins. We ask that you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness and allow your Holy Spirit to do a mighty work in the lives of your children. For without you, God, we're hopelessly lost, but with you we are more than conquerors. And so we take nothing for granted, but in all things we give thanks, saying, Lord, have your way today. Do what you do, God. Shake us up, throw your weight around. Move in this space, oh God. Let us not leave here the same way we came, but let us leave here with a newfound love for the things of God, for this is our desire to be a people prepared to receive you in that great getting of morning. So God, do what you do right now, oh God. Some of us have come with burdens. Some of us have come with troubles. Some of us have come with issues. Some of us have come confused and we need guidance. We need direction, oh God. So we're asking that you will come in this place, oh God, and, and that you would do what you do, oh God, and, and create in all of us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us that wherever we go, God, and whatever it is that we do your name will be glorified oh God we need you today we need you in our homes and we need you in our schools we need you on our jobs oh God and we need you in our communities and father we've gotten to a place and where we need you even at stoplights oh God where there's so much going on in this world oh God where we can't even move safely in our own homes and in our own churches oh God there is so much evil plaguing the land oh God so we're asking you Jesus to do what you do God and have your way today have your way today you know our circumstances you know what we need oh God you know what's ailing us oh God I don't know what oh God but you do so do what you do Jesus while we're trying to figure it out the word of God said you've already worked it out oh God so father have your way we give you permission to come into this service today we thank you for our family that is visiting with us online We understand, no, they could be somewhere. So we say, Lord, bless them, keep them, hold them. Thank you for those that are here in the physical space, our visitors, our guests, our family, our friends. We thank you for them. You know what they need. Let them leave here blessed, highly favored. That whatever issues they had, when they leave this sanctuary today, when they leave the presence of God today, 
they will know that they have been in the worship in, in, in a worship place where God, the Spirit of God, does reside. So, Father, we thank you. Be with those that have gathered close to the altar. You know what they need. Cover and keep them, oh God. Be with our ministering sanctuary choir, our, our praise team. Be with the musicians. Be with the message today. Just saturate your presence all over this place. And we will be ever so mindful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen. And amen again. Praise the Lord, saints of God. I'm so glad to be in here today, guys. When I woke yeah, up this morning, yeah. I could hardly speak, Kathy. I couldn't hardly get anything out. Ooh, pastor, you hear me? The devil is mad because I can talk and I can sing too. So we give God praise with that. But I'm here to do the stewardship moment this morning. That isn't quite it, but I'll go ahead and read that one. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. Now I came to talk a little bit this morning about giving. And you guys remember my, my friend Michelle? You remember Michelle? Oh, yeah. Michelle was one of those kind of people, pastor, that would get up and literally run around the church unafraid, unashamed to give God praise. And this was her favorite scripture as it pertained to offering. It says, give and it shall be given unto you good measure. Y'all know what good measure is? Come on. Good measure is it's plentiful. It's it's a lot. Good measure. Pressed down. <laughs> shaken together. And if you didn't understand those first three running over. Means it's just over just to put it in your lap and it's just running over and you're trying to hold it in there. That's what happens when you give. For with the same measure, here's where it becomes complicated, Pastor. Because if we've got some stingy folks in the house, this ain't going to work for you today. All right? If we got some people that just don't want to give, this ain't going to work for you today. But for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. That means that if you're stingy, you get stingy. If you give nothing, you get nothing. If you give out of your heart, you're going to get some good stuff. But I want to share with you five things that are going to make you happy this week. The benefits of giving. Giving makes us feel happy. Anybody feeling happy today? Yeah. Then go on and dig down in that purse and get us some money. You keep feeling happy. <laughs> giving is good for health. Anybody feeling good health-wise today? Come on, claim it up now. Dig down in your purses and give us some money today. Giving helps social connection. If you don't have a man, if you don't have a woman, if you don't have a pet, then you need to give because that's going to help you with your social connection today. <laughs> Giving evokes gratitude. Some of us don't know how to say thank you. Do it. Somebody do something for you, you walk around like you're entitled to that. Pastor, but I know you know how to say thank you because I see how you say, baby, thank you for this and thank you for that. That's good. The rest of us need to learn. Giving helps us to get give, be, evoke gratitude. And last of all, giving is contagious. Now, I had the disease, the COVID-19. That thing was contagious. I wanted no parts of it. I'm not even sure where I got it from because I never left my house. Who in here wants to catch the COVID-19? Who in here wants to catch the flu? Giving is contagious. So if you want to be happy, you want to evoke some good things, then you need to give and you will, it's contagious. If you're giving, somebody's going to give to you. Anybody blessed today about giving? Anybody ready to go deeper into their pockets this morning because of giving? That's what we need to do. We're here because these lights come on 
not just because we look good up here. Somebody got to pay for those lights. It's got to be you and it's got to be me. And we want to say thank you for what you've already done. The treasurer has already let us know that we've done great things here. And I'm sure she's going to speak about it before the year is over. Keep giving. You see how God is blessing us. Turn around to your neighbor. Don't your neighbors look good? Amen. Don't this choir look good? And I want to speak briefly about the concert on December the 19th before you put that money that's coming to you. You can give online at dollar sign T-O-P-G-I-V-I-N-G, dollar sign top giving. You can mail it to 1721 Parker Road, 63138. If you're writing it down, it's 1721 Parker Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63138. On the concert on December the 17th, you don't want to miss it because Chanel... Stuart Anderson will be bringing us a solo one that day. Wave your hand, Chanel. <laughs> so you want to come on out. We're, we're going to go ahead and pray over the offering to God. We thank you right now for the abundance that we're going to receive today. But we call, we call things as if they are. And I believe that today we're going to be, it's going to be running over. In the name of Jesus. So, Lord, let us walk out boldly in faith. Let us go out there believing the promises that you're giving us regarding giving. Lord, I want to be happy. Lord, I want to be able to tell somebody, thank you for the goodness that you've done for us. So, Lord, we bless this. We ask that you bless this offering in the name of Jesus. And we receive it and do with it the things that you've given to tabernacle of praise to do with it. In the mighty name of Jesus, somebody help me say, Amen. Come on.
been through too much. get it twisted we're not here for show we're not here for show but we're here because of the God that we serve and we've been through too much we've been through too much you've been through too much to not to worship him danger seen and unseen he protect us over the dangerous highways and byways we've been through too much been through too much bad prognosis doctors bad reports we've been through too much not to worship him not to give him praise not to give him glory thank you so much you don't know my story <laughs> and all the things that I have gone through thank you Lord my Lord praise the Lord well I've been through too much when I look back over my life and I see that I know I shouldn't be here there is no way I'm going to get dignified. Amen. I praise God the way I praise God. I give him glory because he's worthy. He's worthy. We magnify him for being the great I am. Doing things for us that we know we don't deserve. We don't deserve it. But for some odd reason he woke us up this morning. Started us on our way. For whatever reason, he got us here safely. And so we give him praise, we give him honor, and we give him glory. Can we just put our hands together and worship the Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The praise team you sang from your heart. The musicians played under the anointing. The song was under the anointing. We just praise God for this worship experience. Amen.
But we're going to get right into our message today. God is good as we are continuing to celebrate this thing of thanksgiving. Amen. Uh, where we are truly thankful for what God has done and what he's doing and what he's about to do. So if you have your Bibles with you, and if you turn with me to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, amen? Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll read in this responsively, amen? I'll read the first... The first verse, the first, and then we'll follow after. And when you have it, please stand with me in honor of the word of God. Ephesians chapter 1, we're starting with verse 3, and I'll be reading, starting out. The word of God declares in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 3, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Verse 9 says, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Verse 11 says, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the, account, to the counsel of his will. Verse 12. And then verse 13 says, in him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Let's read on verse 14 together. Whose is the guarantee of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchase proposed? to the praise of his glory. Amen. Today I just want to talk on the subject of thanksgiving. It makes sense now. Thanksgiving makes sense. Father God, again, we're so thankful and so privileged and so honored to be able to come before you. I'm on this beautiful Sabbath. We give you praise, honor, and glory. Um, as we have read your word, now we ask that you will speak to us through thy word, for thy word is truth. Um, take us to that place, O oh God, that when we leave here, we will not leave here the same way we came, but we will leave here with a newfound love for the things of God. I must now decrease that the word of God may increase 
into your hands I commit my spirit in Jesus name amen and amen again you may be seated in the presence of our amazing God Thanksgiving um, it makes sense now to me I must say I must confess it's not that in times past that I taken Thanksgiving for granted or that I didn't quite understand Thanksgiving and what it was all about and I truly believe just like most of us as I look out here I'm sure you too will agree that you know we ought to be thankful every day you know every day is a day of, of Thanksgiving and as Sister Bev mentioned you know I try to be polite I remember one time some years ago um, I asked my wife for something we were out in public and, um, and when she handed the thing to me, I responded by saying thank you. And I was um, uh, um, greeted with a conversation by an individual that said, you said thank you to your wife? I said, yeah, why not? She said, well, but that's your wife. I said, yeah, but still she didn't have to do what she did. And it's amazing that sometimes we feel as if it's okay to say thank you to others, but not say thank you to the ones that's right around us. We seem like we take the ones that is most near to us and the ones that are most dear to us, we kind of take them for granted. Let's just be real up in this house today. Because we're so accustomed to them being there, are we accustomed to them doing this? Or let's, let's just, let's, let's just gonna make it real. Let's, let, let's just gonna just rip the Band-Aid off. Uh -oh. Matter of fact, we are supposed to do you, you supposed to do this for me amen you don't even have an option amen and if I don't do it or if you don't do it then you're in the wrong but let's just be real up in here today that we ought to always be thankful even to the ones that are closest to us amen, amen? And so I must say, you know, some years ago, as I said a minute ago on Thanksgiving, you know, I've always done things on Thanksgiving. You know, I've gone and fed the homeless. I've gone and passed out food, done all of those things. And while I received some type of gratification from it, there were still some things missing from why I was doing what I was doing. And I'm going to be honest with you, I love family. You know, we just was with our family this year, holiday season, or this Thanksgiving season, but we sat around the table and, and, and we ate and we fellowship. Had a wonderful time. I made the juice. That's my specialty right there. Amen. They tell me to make the juice. Amen. So we all had a job to do and I gave them my $100 budget, you know what I'm saying, uh, for this juice. Amen. So I said $100. Well, you know, this is an inside joke, but, 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 but we all sat around and we all fellowship, but yet there was something still missing from this thing called Thanksgiving. And so as we look at our text today, we see here that even Jesus was thankful for prayer. Uh, John um, 11 reminds us of, of that. It says here in John chapter 11, you don't have to put it up, it says that, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Even Jesus, our master, was thankful. For he knew that you always hear me, he says. But I say this for the benefit of the people that are standing near me. So even in Jesus being thankful, Jesus showed thankfulness, not just so much for himself, but there were other individuals that were watching. And let me ask you this question. What type of example are you leaving behind? Are you really thankful for what God has done. Jesus goes on to say it's like this. Not only was Jesus thankful in prayer, but Jesus was also thankful for daily provision. You see, during the feeding of the 5,000, he began the meal by giving thanks. 
And he directed the people to sit down on the ground, take the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven. And the Bible says that Jesus gave thanks, broke the bread, and passed it out. And again, in the feeding of the 4,000, Jesus did the same thing. He took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples, and they in return went to the people. Jesus was thankful with provision. Jesus was also thankful, here it is, for the cross. Now, I get it, I understand, because, see, I know the cross is always portrayed as a dark place. The Christ is always portrayed as a place that none of us want to experience. I mean, if I was to ask you to raise your hands and say, who would love to experience the crucible? So here it is that Jesus was showing thanks even in the cross. You see, less than 24 hours before Jesus was to be turned over, turned in to be crucified, the Bible records Jesus saying something like this. While they were eating, Jesus, Jesus took bread. And again, when he had given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples saying, take eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup and when he had given thanks yet again, just moments before he was to be turned over, he gave thanks and he says, this do in remembrance of me. Drink from it, all of you. So Jesus, even as he was facing difficult times, even as Jesus was facing the most horrible experience any one of us could ever imagine, Jesus took a pause for the cause and gave thanks. Jesus appreciated God. He appreciated his father who watched over all of his creation. Oh, yes, that's the kind of God that we serve. He watches over his creation. He watches over the smallest detail. He sees us when we hurt. He experiences all of it. He sees all of our hurts and pains. And so Jesus lived in, thanks, in thankfulness to God. And he expressed his thanks to God publicly for the benefit of others. And so it's not about me. It's not about me, it's not about you, but it's about those that we have not come in contact with yet. So Jesus appreciated the Father. Not only that, but Jesus thanked God the Father for providing food, for listening to him, and, and for the opportunity to minister to others. Jesus gave thanks. So it was not just Thanksgiving or just a moment in time where a day was set aside, but this is a lifestyle. This thing of being thankful is not just something that we do on a whim, but this truly, my family, is who we are. It ought to ooze from us. It ought to resonate. It ought not to be a second thought to be nice or to show thankfulness or to show gratitude. It ought not to be a slip of the tongue, but it ought to be this is who I am. And if I'm not nice, if I'm not thankful, if I'm not showing gratitude, uh, there's something about my day is just off. Just something about the day just don't go right when I'm allowing selfishness to conjure up in me. Let's just be real. This is something that we all have to work at. 
Because the reality is when we were babies born into this world, we are born with a selfish spirit. Amen. Okay, okay, you're looking at me. I think, I think we've gotten so, you know, a little older now, but we forgot uh, uh, that, 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 that my toy. That, that, that's, you know, that's, that, that, that's, that's my truck. Oh, okay, you Barbie fans. That's, that's my doll. But of course, we realize that being thankful is something that we have to be conscious about. And so Jesus began and ended his prayers with the words of thanks and praise to his father. And in the Lord's prayer, he taught the followers to do the same thing. And even giving thanks to God for the opportunity to sacrifice. As we talked about stewardship and talked about giving, this is a blessing. This it ought to be an honor to be able to give back to God. Give God something other than just our eyes wide shut. Somebody will get that a little later. Thousands of the thousands of people that Jesus ministered to. The gospel records relatively few instances of people thanking him, the Samaritan you know, the Samaritan leper uh, was the only one of ten leopards who were healed to come back and say thank you. Uh, uh, the prostitute was the only person at Simon the Pharisee's party to show an appreciation to Jesus for the forgiveness of the offense that she committed. And even Jesus' own disciples didn't seem to show gratitude to their master until after he rose from the dead. It's amazing how, you know that old saying, you don't miss your water until the well one dry. It's, it, it, it's just amazing how when, 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 when Jesus was right there with them, all they could think about was, what well, was who's going to be first or, or who's going to be second. All we could think about is, is who's the favorite one. But now that Jesus is, is dead and in the grave, now all of a sudden the reality kick in. Can I come down your street this morning? Now, now that mama is gone, now that daddy is gone, now all of a sudden we just can't function. But when mama was here, when brother was here, when daddy was here, very little conversation. We have to learn how to be thankful in the most difficult circumstances. And if it doesn't feel good, you ought to stop and take a pause and say, good, I'm on the right track. Because it's not supposed to feel good all the time. You see, whenever you follow Jesus, if you're not experiencing some difficult days, if you're not experiencing some hardships, if you're not experiencing some lonely moments, if you're not experiencing some type of setback or some type of frustration when you're following Jesus, if you're not experiencing some kind of an attack, then I want to question, are you really following Jesus? Because you can't follow Jesus and everything be A 
okay. You're going to have some moments, but here it is, family of God, because I don't want to leave you in a place where you think that following Jesus is all about the struggle. Let me help you along the way, because see, it's in the struggle where we learn that God is a provider. It's in the struggle that we learn that God is a healer. It's in the struggle that we learn that God is a way maker. It's in the struggle that we learn that he will stick it closer to me than any brother. It's only when I go through the struggle. So, again, I I welcome the struggle. Yeah, I know it sounds kind of, it sounds kind of off. But see, when you when you when you when you've been when you've been blessed, hallelujah, uh, when you've experienced God on numerous occasions, uh, on, on, on numerous occasions showing up on your behalf. Oh yeah, why am I tripping now? Why am I sweating now? Why am I getting frustrated now? If He's done it before, I know He'll do it again because the Word of God declares that He will not put. No, I done left my text. I done left my text. I'm trying to. I done left my text. <laughs> I will put no more on you than what you're able to handle. So, so, so I, don't, I don't sweat the small stuff. I, I, I don't sweat the big stuff. Matter of fact, the only time I sweat is when I'm playing basketball or when I'm preaching. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and I do still play ball. Come on, somebody. Yeah, almost, I'm almost in the, I'm about to tell my age, I'm almost at the big 6-0, amen, but I still get out there every now and again. I know I look 45, help me, Lord. <laughs> so God knows our struggles. He understands our pain. Jesus says, I need my people to be about thankfulness. You see, most people who benefited from Jesus, the the wise teaching and the wonderful miracles, walked away without saying to him, thank you. They simply received and they left. And yes, they were amazed by Jesus and and, and maybe in their excitement, uh, they praised God or, or, or told other people about what Jesus did. But they didn't go to Jesus and tell Jesus for themselves. And see, it's one thing to go and tell somebody else how great of a job I've done. Or how great of a job someone else done. But it's a whole thing of another level when you tell the person themselves, I appreciate you. I thank you for being here. I thank you, my brother, for showing up and being here with us. You see, it's one thing for me to tell the elder that I thank this young man for being here. But oh, when I tell him for himself. It adds a different element to not only the conversation, but now to the relationship. So they walked away and they never gave Jesus his props. They never gave him his his accolade. You know, they say, we want to give you your flowers while you are alive. But they didn't do that. And of the many thousands, I mean the many thousands,
thousands of people that Jesus preached the good news to and healed, it seems that only 120 became grateful. The book of Acts. And so here it is. Why am I so thankful? You know, Thanksgiving, why did it make sense to me? Because now after reading Ephesians, here we go. Uh, 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 verse 3 reminds us. There it is right there in the text. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So now I understand that I can be thankful now because I'm blessed. <laughs> Oh, yes, I'm blessed. You see, the Father God has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms. This means that in Christ, we have received all the benefits of a relationship with him. We have been chosen as his, received his salvation, been adopted as his children, been forgiven, received insight into the things of the spirit, received the power to serve God. God and do his will we receive the gifts of the spirit and the hope of a living forever with him we can now enjoy the blessings right now so now thanksgiving it makes sense because I'm blessed somebody say well pastor I knew I was blessed before you even said that I was I mean I'm blessed and highly favored what well, they say I'm too stressed to be blessed too, too, too blessed to be, what I say, too stressed to be blessed? Flip it around. <laughs> I'm too blessed to be stressed. It's my amen corner over there. Help me, Lord. So not only that, not only have I, 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 I've come to a, to a clear understanding of, of that I am blessed. Not only that, but now the text tells me in verse 4, he said that he has chosen us. He's chosen us, God. Jesus chose you and he chose me to be with him. He didn't have to do any of that because let's just be real. When the mess, when the word of God first came across our eardrums, it wasn't a message that we were ready to receive. Many of us, if not most of us, I would um, go on and just venture on out on the limb and say all of us didn't receive it the first time. Somebody looking at me like, well, I did. Okay, you're rare. You're the, you're the, um, the unicorn in the room. <laughs> because the reality is most of us did not accept this message the first time. But yet Jesus still chose you. He never stopped loving you. He never stopped waking you up. He never stopped blessing you. He never stopped clothing you. He never stopped making ways out of you for, for you. He never stopped healing you when the doctor delivered a bad report. He said, even though you don't choose me, I choose you. And I love it because God looked at me and said, you don't even know, you don't have good sense to choose me. So you couldn't choose me anyway. You don't even know where to begin to choose me. So he said, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to choose you, bring you in, clean you up, and show you just how much I love you. And now it makes sense. I can be thankful because Jesus 
chose me. He chose me to be a part of his, of his will and his work. You see, choosing us and him to emphasize that salvation depends totally on him and not us. It's not about any one of us in here, but it's about him. We are not saved because our works deserve it, but because of God's free and gracious salvation. He saves us because of who he is, because of what moves him, what motivates him, what desires he has. It's not about us. And there's so many times we get it twisted. We feel as if, if I'm not there, then the work won't get done. Well, family of God, let me help you out. It's going to get done with or without you. That's the way God set it up. But the thing is, he wants it to get done with you and not without you. You see, we can't take the credit for anything. He saves us according to his own plan. And all we can do is express our gratefulness and thanks for his wonderful love towards us. That's why we do it. Because of God's love for us, not to get points, not to say what I've done, not to show that I've been so nice and so kind. Well, I fed this and I fed them. And no, 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 no. We do it because of who God is, because of God's love for us. Because if you're doing it for any other reason, you're doing it for the wrong reason. So I've learned to give thanks because I've been predestined. Oh, yes. Predestined simply means uh, I'm marked out beforehand. Now, let me just stop right there before I go a little further because I want to help you along the way. I uh, never want to leave anyone straggling. Um, you know, we've preached here on several occasions and we talked about you do have a choice. All right? Amen? Amen. So while we talk about this thing called predestined, you can still choose to go the other way. I'm going to leave it right there and let you work with that. Amen. Because in any other way of saying that, that salvation is all God's work and none of our own. This is God's thing. He predestined us. He has decided in his will, in his heart, in his mind, in his spirit. He said, this is the plan that I have for you. But you also have a choice to accept that plan or not. So let's not live our lives as if we can do what we want, live how we want, say what we want, and everything is gravy, everything is good, all is well. No, 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 you can choose to do something different. And that's what I love about him because God said, although I have set it up for you to be successful, you have a choice whether or not you want to be successful or not. Well, I've already opened the doors and signed on the dotted line through my blood that salvation is yours. All you have to do is accept, but you have the choice whether or not to accept. Well, I made it all plain and all clear for you to just walk straight on in. You have the choice to walk on in. Is it clear? 
Because I don't want us to leave here thinking that God has predestined me to salvation. That all I have to do is just wake up and God's got it under control. Let me help you out. There is this thing called the enemy and he and his main job is to kill, steal, and destroy. He is to deceive you to believe a lie is the truth and the truth is a lie. And I just want to let you know here today, family of God, that there is a lie to believe that I can live how I want to live. To do what I want to do and that there are no consequences. And in other words, I'm saying that the Bible is a lie and the devil is the truth because the word of God declares that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And so I can do it or I don't have to do it. And so predestined simply means that marked out beforehand. In other ways of, of saying this is that salvation is all God's work and none of our doing. In the infinite love and through Jesus' sacrifice, God has brought us into his family. He's done that. You didn't have to fill out an application. You didn't have to, you didn't have to advertise for it. God said, listen, I'm doing this for you. And I'm going to make you my own. Under the law, I'm going to make you my own. You see, under the law at that time, adopted children had the exact same rights as a biological children, even if they were previously slaves. So Jesus said, I'm, making, I'm bringing you in as an adopted family, but yet at the same time, you have the same rights, you have the same benefits, you have the same authority, you have the same voice as if you were biologically mine. Now, one thing, my family and I, you know, we are a blended family, amen. Um, and there's no surprise, but um, if, if I hadn't have said that, you probably would have never known because we function as a family. Amen. We function as a family. Ever since day one, we've always been family. So much so that our oldest, notice I said our oldest. See, it's in me, it's in me. Our oldest, amen. They say, she looked like you. And it's so much so that our oldest looked like my cousin on my daddy's side. Looked like twins. Adopted, but yet God says, I will make you my family, my sons. And my daughter, and there is not one time you will find in the Bible where God calls you his adopted son or his adopted daughter or his stepson or his stepdaughter. He says, you are my son and you are my daughter. Just put a plug in right there for that. I'm going to let y'all work with that the way you see fit. Amen. But not only that, I'm so thankful. I'm about to wrap this up because I'm thankful that he, not only he has redeemed us, by his blood. You see, the blood of Jesus represents Jesus' death. And through his death and the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor, he paid the price for us to receive both redemption and forgiveness. Redemption was the price paid to gain freedom for a slave. 
But we are released from our slavery to sin and brought into the freedom of forgiveness and right standing with God. Now the devil can't hold anything over my head because I have been forgiven. Yes, I've lied, but I've been forgiven. Yes, I used to smoke, but I've been forgiven. Yes, I used to cheat, but I've now been forgiven. So you can't hang that over me anymore. I've been set free. And many a times, family of God, we allow the enemy to bring up our past. We allow the enemy to bring up stuff that we've done that God has forgiven us for. He has placed it on the sea of forgetfulness. But for whatever reason, we grab hold to it and we bring it into the future. And God said, I've forgiven you for that. I've dealt with that already. I've cleansed you from that already. And so God has redeemed us. And we're released from it. Not only that, but he has abounded towards us. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, God's grace has been lavished on us. In other words, we have received a generous overabundance of God's love, grace, and favor over our lives. We are so blessed Uh, If we really recognize just how blessed we are, just how how, how much favor God has laid on your life, uh, oh, our our attitudes would be a whole lot different. We will begin to walk with a different posture. We will begin to speak with a different authority because we are realizing now that we are favored by God, that we are blessed by God. So now I don't have to take a back seat and I'm not just talking about some laws that was once on the books. I'm talking about walking as if you have it, as if you own the company. Walking in favor. Just because they said no, you don't let your head hang down. Because somebody said no. Uh, No matter how bad you wanted the position, no matter how bad you wanted the job, or no matter how bad you wanted the raise, no, 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 you were favored by God. So their no is nothing but just a step towards your yes. And as a matter of fact, oh, if I can help you, it's just a matter of fact that when they say no, do you not know that you have power to speak to mountains and mountains shall be moved and they will come back the next day and say, oh, I made a mistake. But see, when you don't know that, when you don't, when you don't know that, then you won't do that. Because there have been many a times I've had a no place right in front of me. No, with, I mean with venom, no. But let's have prayer. Uh, We go in prayer. And we flip the script. Because the only only one that say no to me is God. He's the only one that has the authority to say no to me. I almost said that my wife, but you know, she she a little different. She a little different. (laughs) But God has given us favor. He's given us the authority to move in spaces where, the, where, where, where other people can't move. Yeah. I'm trying to help you through this thing called being thankful. But see, when we're not thankful for stuff, oh no, you're not going to move in that, in that way. Because your attitude won't let you move in that way. Let's just be real. Your attitude determines your altitude. 
And when we're walking around here bitter and upset and mad and angry and spiteful and not want to be thankful and can't celebrate others, you're stifling your own blessings. You're shooting your own self in the foot. Because God lavishes his children. God said, listen, I'm going to give you what you need if you would but just ask. Not only that, but he has made known unto us Ephesians 1 verse 9. You see, in his love and mercy, the Father has planned to save and redeem us from the foundation of the earth. This is not an afterthought. His plan of salvation was, was consummated in Jesus Christ and could only be fully understood by us after Jesus rose from the dead. So when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior through God's word, the Holy Spirit now reveals to you and to me uh, the Father's plan for our lives. Because beforehand, we didn't know. But now that you have given your life to Christ, now God is saying, now I can take you a little bit higher. Now I can show you the plans that I have for you. Now I can lay it before you because before you weren't ready, before you couldn't handle it, before your mind was thinking in another direction. And if I had to lay it before you then, it wouldn't have made sense. But now I can tell you that I have a plan for you. Now, you may not understand the plan, and you may not be able to figure it all out, but we can rest assured as believers of this gospel message that whatever plan God has for us, it's all right with me. I don't need to know how it works. I don't need to, I don't need to know how the wheels turn. All I need to know is that God has a plan for me. I don't know when he's going to break it out. I don't know when he's going to unbox it. But what I do know, he has a plan for me. Oh, I wish I had some help in here. I don't know how he's going to do it, but what I do know that he's going to do it. I don't know when. I don't know where. I don't know. You know what? I don't even know why. I'm just glad that he has a plan for me. Sit. I don't need to know all the details. Lord, keep the blueprint. Matter of fact, it wouldn't make sense to me if I tried to read it anyhow. I'm just glad to know that God has a plan for me. And not only does he have a plan for me, but God says that he has given us an inheritance of something that we didn't even earn. So now I look at Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's all right to feed the homeless and sit around with family. But this, what God has done for me, Oh, I'm thankful beyond measure now. Now my Thanksgiving is off the chart now. So when I'm sitting around feeding the homeless, I ain't even worrying about that because I'm thinking about what God has done for me. I'm, I'm thinking about what the provisions that God has laid out for me. I'm thinking about a place not made with hands. Not only that, I'm closing. He sealed me. He sealed us. The Holy Spirit is the seal and also the earnest or the pledge of our inheritance. Mm. The word seal simply means to stamp with a signet or a private mark. 
for security or preservation. In other words, it's literally or figuratively, it is to keep secret or to attest. And we use the word seal to denote several things. We seal things for security, to hide them, to confirm or testify of something and to confirm ownership. We are sealed by the blessings of the Holy Spirit. The word earnest or pledge is used to indicate part of the purchase money or the property given in advance as security for the rest. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of the earnest or the pledge of our glorious inheritance. In other words, it's not even resting on me. It's resting on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, I will guarantee for you. But you're still not getting it. In other words, let me help you with this. Let me help you with this. You know, some years ago, my wife and I, you know, when we were in Huntsville, we purchased a home. And, and, um, and, 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 and of course, we didn't have um, the money in the account. Oh, come, somebody know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> so, so, so we had to go and get some assistance. Amen. Um, and, 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 and so we, we went to the bank and we took out a little loan. Amen. Now, while we didn't have the money, it wasn't our money. Amen. It was the bank's money. The bank was the guarantor that they will back this, this, this amount up so that we can get the house. In other words, the Holy Spirit said, I know you're incapable. I know you're, I, I know you messed up. I know that you have issues. I know that you have problems, but don't worry about that. I am the guarantee. I will guarantee for you. I will step in for you. So that when the father sees you, he won't, but he'll see his son. So you keep on living and trusting God and believing God because the most important series of events in history of the world was the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. By means of his death, Jesus fulfilled prophecy and bought man's freedom from slavery to sin. By means of his burial, Jesus removed any doubt that he had literally died, that he had really died by means of his resurrection. In other words, Jesus proved he had power over death. This assures us that if we truly trust and obey God, he will one day raise us up from the dead also. And in fact, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest proof that he is indeed the son Christ, the son of God, the child of the living God, the son of the living God. The birth, death, burial, and the resurrection of our Lord are the very foundation of of the gospel by which we are saved. Without it, there will be no hope. Luke tells us that when Pilate was unable to silence the crowds, cry that Jesus be crucified, he gave sentence that, that they would ask what should be done. Jesus was led out of the city to be crucified. He needed help, someone to help him to bear his cross. And a young man by the name of Siren was Force to help him and a great crowd began to follow Jesus they began to walk beside Jesus they began to walk behind Jesus 
Jesus. And they began to yell out insults. They began to call him names. They began to spit on him. They began to shamefully ridicule him to the point that where they began to grab what little clothes he had on. They began to strip him of his clothing. Jesus was taken to a hill called Golgotha, a place called the skull. And here the Son of God was at that point nailed to a cross. And on either side of him, the story tells us that there were these thieves the full to, to, to fulfill the prophecy found in Isaiah over 700 years before that he was numbered with the transgressors. That's Bible right there. Not content with having brought about his crucifixion. The leaders of the Jews mocked Jesus. The Roman soldiers also mocked Jesus. They began to talk about him. They yelled out crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. And however one of them repented. One of those thieves on the cross repented and said Jesus please Jesus remember me on that day. Jesus replied that today shall thou be with me in paradise. And darkness came over the whole land. Darkness covered the land. The Bible goes on to say that Jesus was buried on Friday before the Jewish Sabbath began at sunset. His body remained in the grave throughout Saturday. That's what the Bible tells us. And then the Bible goes on and say that early Sunday morning, somebody say Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, the first day of the week, he rose from the dead. This fulfilled Jesus' own prophecy that he would be in the grave for three days so when I come to thanksgiving or just simply being thankful I'm thankful now on so many different levels so many different levels that it's not just about feeding the homeless well I'll take nothing away from feeding the homeless coming from one who was once homeless. And I'm not just talking about one day out on the streets. I'm talking about homeless to the point that where everything that I owned was in a shopping cart being pushed down the street. I'm talking about homeless standing in a soup line at 12 noon just so that I can get strength in my body to make it to the soup line at, at, at 6 p.m. to get dinner. I'm talking about up early in the morning at 5 o'clock in some places, 6 o'clock, where they put you out. Just gave you a place just to lay your head. And then early in the morning they put you out for you now to have to figure out where you're going to eat. What you're going to eat? Where you're going to sleep? And I did that for a while. So I understand about feeding the homeless because they need to eat too. But sometimes, let's just be real, we think that because we fed the homeless that we've done our fair share. I went out and passed out some turkey so we're good on Thanksgiving. We did and haven't done nothing the rest of the year. That's not being thankful. That's not being thankful. Quit letting the devil lie to you. 
being thankful is a lifestyle and everything we give thanks we show love we show gratitude not just one day out of the year so now thanksgiving it makes sense it makes sense we can't be God's giving because that's what it's about. I'm closing with this. I said that about three times already. <laughs> I know we lie, but I try not to be that preacher, but I know we say you close about five times. But I'm still, I'm going to close with this right here. I remember, I remember back in grade school, I don't know if they still do this now, but we used to make turkeys and talk about the pilgrims. Anybody remember that? Do we, do we still do that? I know I'm, we still do that. And that's Thanksgiving, where the, the natives and the Indians and the Native Americans, they came, and I guess I'm getting the story right, it's been so long. <laughs> I don't need your teachers out there grading me on my, on my history. And they sat around and they fellowshiped and they broke bread and they did the peace party thing and and that was Thanksgiving. And they had the whole program, you remember that? And it had nothing to do with Christ. And the reality is, that wasn't the true story. Because there were some underlining moves that were being made to move in on the territory. And yet we grew up thinking Thanksgiving was about this. And not being taught that thankfulness is about Jesus and Jesus alone. Jesus and Jesus alone. I don't know if you're here today and you may have had your, your views of thanksgiving a little distorted. Maybe something was said here today that helped you out. If something was said that helped you, can you just raise your hand if you just, something just kind of stuck out to you, amen? God, you see the hands, new light, new light. And I don't know, you may be looking for a church home, looking for a place to worship. I want to extend that invitation to you as well. There may be someone here that is in need of baptism. Now you've come to a place in your Christian experience where you're ready to go down in the watery grave. You want to experience Jesus on a whole other, another level. I want to extend that invitation to you as well. If you're someone that desires to be baptized, if you can just raise your hand. Is there one? I see one. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And I'm going to ask if you can all stand with me as we close out our time together in prayer and just solidify our time together. Recognize that that there's more to this thing than just an event. But Jesus, what he has done for us, that's the ultimate, the ultimate. You can't compare. You can't come close to it. So, Father, we thank you. We are so thankful for what you've done and what you're doing and what you're about to do. Now, Thanksgiving makes sense. Being thankful in all things, not just once a year, not just some service that we do, 
But Father, this is an attitude. This is a part of our disposition. This is who we are. We are a reflection of heaven. And so we bless you today. And we honor you. Lord, you saw the hands of commitment. We saw you, oh God. We saw the hands that were raised. We ask that you will just seal the deal now. Allow your presence to be made known. Forgive us again of our sins in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Just want to remind you that there are two invitations that you should have received for the Thank You Lord Praise Concert. Um, give those to someone. They look like this. If you know that you're not a person that gives out a lot of stuff, leave them on seat. We want to make sure that they get to someone. But we're not going to be mad because everybody don't do everything. I hate to pass them out, but Lord, I'm obligated. But anyway, if you're not, just leave yours here. But please bring someone back. Please come back, visitors. We're so happy you joined us today, all of you. And come back on December the 17th. We'll have a concert. The pastor's going to be speaking. And it's going to be a wonderful day. And we're going to be giving gifts to everyone that walks through that door. We want to thank you again. And have a good day. Give him glory, for he's the 